any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily. Why this call today, today, Sunday? Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, today, Sunday, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in provocation. In other words, don't provoke God. For some, when they heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But by whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcass fell in the wilderness? And to whom swore he, to whom swore he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. Chapter 4 continues the discussion and says, Let's therefore fear, be afraid, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest that any of you should come short of it. For unto us, we the people of God, was the gospel preached as well as unto them back there. But the word preached to them back there didn't help them. Now being mixed with faith them that heard it. For we which believed do enter into rest. As he said, I've sworn in my wrath. If they shall enter in my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day in this wise. And God did rest on the seventh day from all his works. In this place again, if they shall enter in my rest. See, therefore, it remaineth that some must enter in. We're all not going to be lost. Seeing therefore, it remaineth that some must enter in, therein, and they to whom it was first preached enter not in because of unbelief. Again, he limited a certain day, saying in David, today is so long a time, as it is said today, if you hear his voice, hard not your heart. Verse 11. Let us therefore labor to enter into that rest, lest any man shall fall after the same example of unbelief. Verse 12 says, for the word of God is quick. The word of God is powerful. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of your soul and your spirit and your joints and your marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. In other words, you can't hide from God what you're doing. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, whatever the Spirit is saying to the church, let us hear you today. 
Tonight we want you to talk to us. Bless us with understanding. I want you to touch our hearts. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about the cancer of the church. The cancer of the church is unbelief. This book is an epistle written by Apostle Paul writing to converted uh, Hebrew saints and also explaining to the Gentiles the dilemma of those who started but did not finish the race. It's one thing to get started, it's another to finish. I told you on Friday how this thing's going to end. The Lord declared the end from the beginning. He told us how going to judge the church. The 24th chapter and the 25th chapter of Matthew gave us a very clear judicial procedure how God is going to evaluate every one of us. Now, a lot of people in our world are on a strong delusion. They think they are saved. That's the worst delusion you could ever have to think you are saved and you're not truly saved. All other delusions are not bad, but to think you are and then try to enter into his rest and not able to enter in, that's going to be a shocker. You know, most people, you know, try to convince me that they're saved and you don't have to convince me or the person beside you or any around you. That's not the one to worry about. It's the one at the gate you got to deal with. It's the one at the door you got to deal with. It's the one with the books open up. That's the one you got to deal with. Because even though me from a, hum a humanitarian point of view may try to let you in, he will not let you in. Because he is a just and righteous God. In fact, God said there's coming a time when he's going to say to the whole world, let him that is holy be holy still. Let him that is righteous be righteous still. And let him that is filthy remain filthy. That means no change of status. No repentance in the grave. No salvation in the tribulation. And none of the pearly gate. <clears throat> and the Lord very clearly is telling us who is going to enter into his rest. By the way, let me tell you what that rest is. Turn with me right now to the scripture. Isaiah 28, verse 10 to 12. Very quickly go there. You don't have to wonder what the rest is, because the rest is very plainly described in the Bible, that with stammering lips and other tongue will I speak to my people, to whom he said this is the rest, where we may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. Like I told this morning, that's God's rest, and that's God refreshing. And Bible said, Jesus Christ said in Matthew 11, 27, 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And Paul continued to talk about that rest. Now, friend, that's not Saturday. Saturday come and left, and I'm still tired. I'm still needing rest. There's never been one of those days when I felt like I physically, bona fide, structurally feel rested up. 
my bones still ache. So that cannot be the rest he's talking about. And if that's it, my friend, that's pretty trivial. He's talking about a rest over here. If you ever enter into this rest, it's timeless in his presence. Everything from here on is time. And in the midst of eternity is time. And beyond time is eternity. God said, if you ever enter it, because when God enters in this series here, he's not going to create other worlds. He's not going to create new mankind. He said, I'm finished creation. This is the first heaven and the first earth. And the Bible says, if they shall enter into my rest. Now I want to talk to you about the cancer that's in the church. When Jesus come back, he said, when I come, will I still find faith in the earth? Faith will be diminished. In fact, faith has been replaced by philosophical ideas of philosophy and science. Men have lost faith because of unbelief. We got uh, the world believe in evolution. Because of unbelief, they don't believe that God could create the world as reported in the scripture. It's unbelief while we have Darwinism. It's unbelief while we have atheism. It's unbelief while we have Gnosticism. It's unbelief while we got pantheism. It's unbelief while we got Trinitarianism. It's unbelief while we got polytheism. It's unbelief. But there's a people that believe the report that God gave of himself. And the Bible says, who hath believed his report? And to whom hath the hand of the Lord been revealed? I'll tell you, there's a people that don't need a new Bible, don't need a new version or perversion or revision. They believe the report like God says it. And we don't need some linguistic men to tell us some new version of what the Bible says. We simply believe it. Now I'm going to say this, folks. I used to think the sin of Adam and Eve was disobedience, the first thing that got them out of the Garden of Eden. That was not it. The first sin in our world is the sin of unbelief. Adam and Eve did not believe the testimony God gave them. In the day that you do this thing, you are going to die. The rationalists, the situation ethics, and the other views of life told Adam and Eve, don't believe it. Satan didn't come out and say, don't believe it. He said, did God say? And he began to rationalize the way. And before long, Eve had a better idea than Adam. Go for it, boy. And she went right for it and ignored everything God said. And she partook of it. And she didn't stop there. Sin don't stop with one person in the marriage. It affects both. Unless one of them is stronger than the other, you're both going to fall in sin. 
both of you because somebody's got to be stronger than the other to say, no, you speak like a foolish woman. What saved Job was not his integrity was the fact that he said to his wife, you talk like a stupid woman. <laughs> what you just said is foolish. You talk like one of those girls out there. I'm not going to listen to you. I know what God says. I know what God's word is all about. And I don't care what you said. I know what God says. Now that saved the marriage. That saved the couple. That saved the family. I'm telling you, my friend, hey, you married people, listen to me. I hope both of you don't have the same weakness. I said, I hope you're both on the same weakness. I wonder if you got enough strength to say no. Not so. Because it takes unbelief first before the disobedience. And I want to tell you, church, the reason God threw out Adam and Eve out of the garden was because of their unbelief. Unbelief gave birth to disobedience. And disobedience bring forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. And death is followed by hell. Hell is followed by the judgment seat of God. And the judgment seat of God is followed by a lake of fire. And there's eternal damnation and punishment. That's why Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What is he saying? You can't hook up a person with faith with a person with no faith. <laughs> it's just not going to work. Why do you think Paul didn't want Barnabas and to go with him on that journey? John Mark is a dropout. Amen. One person start running and everybody start retreating. And Paul said, I can't go with him. I can't yoke my ministry with him because he doesn't have faith to continue in spite of the tribulation. And, and Barnabas said, well, we're going to take him anyhow. And Paul said, no, you're not. I will not yoke up with him because I can't depend on him. You cannot depend on unbelief. It's going to let you down. It destroyed Adam and Eve. It cost them the Garden of Eden. They were thrown out because the devil came and persuaded her that what God said will never happen. And then she, by some, whatever she did, she convinced her husband to go along with her. And when God came, the blame shifting starts. It's not my fault. It's her fault. It's just it's not my fault. It's the serpent's fault. And it stops at him. But God said, just a minute. Excuses is no reason for me to let you off the hook. You're both and all going to be cursed. And God drove them out of the garden. I want to tell you, church. And so when the Bible says, enter back into his rest, Adam and Eve left the place of rest and entered the place of work. From that time, every man by the sweat of his brow has got to eat bread. We have not stopped working since. And Jesus Christ knew that. And he come back to save us and said, I'm going to take you back to the Garden of Eden. I want to take you back to a place of rest, tranquility, a utopian society, and the only way you're going to get in is to obey and believe. 
And the Bible says some could not enter in. Now, I like Noah's couple. I really love that couple. You know, as a couple, you must look for people in the Bible to put your marriage to be like. I wrote a book one time, you know, about a uh, married couple. You should bite off me. Really, really good. Because it shows you, you can be compatible but wrong. You can be compatible but you're still wrong. Ahab and Jezebel were compatible. I said they were compatible. <clears throat> but they were wrong. Hallelujah. Amen. And you can be incompatible and still be right. And still be right. If I look at Edison and Zephyrah, I see a perfect couple. Totally in agreement. On every level. But honey, I wish they were incompatible. Because what they did, they did in one accord. None to say, you're wrong. You can't do that. God's word is like a, a two-edged sword. It's sharp. It will discern what you're doing. It knows where you're, what you're thinking. And it knows the way of sin is death. And the gift of God to your life. I wish one of us said, no, you can't do that. But they both agree to go along with a wicked idea. And then they both fell in the same church the same way. And Peter asked, how could this happen? Hello? Because they did not have faith to believe. Now, the Bible says Noah came on the scene with his wife and children. We don't know much about Noah and his wife. God didn't say much about her. It was all about Noah. We read later, later on, it says Noah and his wife were saved. The decision the husband makes affects the wife. Hallelujah. Yeah, now marriage counseling time. Mm -hmm. You that are not married, watch out. Free advertisement. <laughs> and the Bible said, the Bible said, Noah says, God spoke it. I fear God. I got faith in God. And I want favor with God. I fear God. I have faith in God. And I want favor with God. And he moved with fear. And his wife didn't hinder him. She put no pressure on him. Build that ark. Get it done. God told her to do it. I rubber stamp it with you. Go along. Have it built. Build it for God. And so he built it. And she must have supported him. Otherwise, he wouldn't have done it. Hello. And the kids saw what happened. And the kids followed mama. Mama followed daddy. And the kids followed mama. Hallelujah. And when the time was all done, God said, Get on the ark. Those people out there, they used to be sons of God. They used to belong to me, but they quit obeying me. They quit obeying my word. They're doing their own thing. They're living like the Canaanites. They're living like the world. And they don't believe they're preaching that there's a rain coming. They don't believe there's a flood coming. And they live like I don't know what I'm talking about. And they ignore my message. And they ignore helping me build the church. And they live like the world. Get on board. And God said, we're going to drown them all. Let me tell you why they drown. They drown because of unbelief. They did not believe that Noah knew 
what he was talking about. Noah is talking about things not seen as yet. I promise you, church, everybody in that world population has their own idea how it should be. Everybody has their own philosophy how it's going to turn out. Everybody thought, well, no rain. Why should there be rain? This guy's crazy. Da, 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 da. Nobody's following him. He's by himself. Only a few people. He can't be right. And I'm sure they rationalize it away. Hello? Do you know Noah had sons and daughters? And Noah came with a family, with extended family. But only eight people got on the ark. And they made it in the hall of fame in chapter 11 of Hebrews. By faith, Noah moved with fear and built himself an ark that was so dear to him and his sweetheart. You talk about a cruise. They were in for a 120 years cruise, days cruise. God said, get on board. I'm going to give you a cruise for a long time. I'll give you your own chef. Hallelujah. And to keep you occupied, I'll give you old animal farm. Oh, hallelujah. I mean, hallelujah. Now, church, here is where the difference between belief and unbelief are going to make a decision now. In that boat was locked up faith. Was locked up in that boat. Outside of that ship was unbelief. The people who sat in darkness heard the preaching. He preached for a hundred and twenty odd years and the Bible said he was a preacher of righteousness. How many sermons did they hear? I don't know how many, but one thing I know they did not believe. For you to be disobedient in me, you've got to say, I don't believe it really matters. You know, there are many Bibles today, and I know I'm in the minority, even our own system, and I can't promise you won't bring guys who will read Bible to you that's not right. And after they do it, I'll find out when they've done it. And then you have to realize that's not God's Bible. When men do not want to submit to the counsel of God, you know what they do? They rewrite it. And said, it doesn't mean that. He what I think it mean. As if God did ask them permission to translate or to revise. And so they give us another version. But what is unbelief? Unbelief is saying, I don't accept what I heard from the appointed man of God. I do it my way. And the Bible said, Lot and Abraham were walking together. Friend, I'm trying to be careful who you hook up to. Now, Abraham was a blessing to Lot. Lot was a problem to Abraham. If you're going to hook up with anybody, please hook up with somebody with faith. You don't want to hook up with an unbeliever. It's an unequal yoking together. God said you don't put a cow and an ass together. Because the ass is unclean. And the cow is clean. You don't have to beg that cow to tread that, that field. But that horse needs a bridle. He needs a rein. He needs a whip. You don't have to whip a cow to go the path. But you have to whip that ass to go. 
because he's not going to go. And even if you're hooked up with something that's stubborn and will not listen to God, the chances are you may end up like Ahab and Jezebel. Think about it. Now, why would God single out Lot's wife? Why? I mean, is God, God don't like women? Sure he does love women. Amen. But the Bible says, Lot lifted up his eyes and looked. And the Bible says, he went down to Sodom. He said, well, I won't go for long. I'll just go for, for a moment. Amen. You know, he's living with a man of faith. Abraham is the father of faith. By faith, Abraham left his homeland and went looking for a land that God sent him. So Lot is hooked up with a man of faith. Now, as long as he's hooked up with a man of faith, he's blessed. Things work out for him. But the problem came when he disconnect from the what? Faith. It's like a train. The engine is where the power is. And everything in the back is just a coach. Oh, and the coach looks like it's running with the, with the engine, but you disconnect the connection, honey. It won't be long. That coach is going to stop for a while. It will run for a while, but it will come to a dead halt eventually because it's not connected. And Lot was doing pretty good. Amen. <coughs> but when he went down to Sodom, the Bible said he went into Sodom and when he went into Sodom Abraham did not go with him. You know why? Because God told him a long time ago do not go down to that place Egypt. Don't go down anywhere else. You stay right here. The word was stay right here. Don't go down there anywhere for this is your promised land. If you can't make it here, you sure won't make it over there. Well, Lot said, look, it looked good, well watered. That looked pretty nice and beautiful. He went down there, and then twice, church, two times he had to be rescued. How many times has God rescued you before he gives up on you? How many times has God even pulled you out of the ditch? Before you stay out of the ditch. How many times must God send out the angel of mercy and grace and pull you out? Well, two times God pulled him out. And every time he went right back to Sodom. You know why? He didn't believe Abraham had heard from God. But church, while he was in Sodom, God was busy giving a, a testimony about the birth of Isaac. God was busy giving to this young, this, this man called Abraham, um, a revelation about Melchizedek. Lot did not get any benefits from that. He went on with the king of Sodom. I want to tell you, church, unbelief will let you go home with the land of prosperity, but you're going to lose out God. Hello? He went back down there, and now here's Abraham praying for him. and said, Lord, I know I got my nephew down there, and I don't think you're living for God. I don't think his men are living for God, but please don't destroy them all. Now, Abraham got faith that God will have mercy. 
He bring God down to a few, almost ten souls, and he still couldn't find ten. But here's a guy that went down to went down to Sodom with all these blessings that God gave him. God gave him all these blessings, and he's taken down and squatting among these Sodomites, extremely wicked sinners, and forsake the altar building, forsake the house of God, forsake the things of God, and now he's prosperous. Now he's being promoted. Now he's going to be become supervisor. He's going to sit at the gate, and, and God going to you know bless him in spite of his sins, and look like he was blessed in spite of his sins for a while, because sin always lied to us. Sin don't want you know the true story of your future. He sat by the gate and God said, Abraham, I'm going to burn that place up. Lot did not hear the story. Abraham believed God. But do you think Lot believed God? Absolutely not. You think Lot's family believed the message? Absolutely not. That's why you can't be unequally yoked together with unbeliever. You see, we have to put us in marriage all the time. It's not always marriage. It doesn't matter who you hang around. It doesn't matter who talked to you. It doesn't matter which preacher preached to you. It doesn't matter which Bible you read. It doesn't matter which tape you listen to or which sermon you're hearing because all sermon is not God's message to your soul. Some will breed more unbelief in your heart because Ahab could have been saved if he listened to a man, amen, and the message of God. And Micah said, Hear the word of the Lord. Don't go down to Amen to Ramoth Gilead It will not be prosperous for you Some guys think they can just listen You know, I can play tape sermons And just be happy and, and make, You'll never make it You will never get to heaven Try to build your home On tape ministry It will never work That radio pastor can't help you that TV guy will never help you. The only way you can have what it takes, faith come by hearing. And hearing is the word of God. You can't even read your Bible and be saved. I promise you, you can read the Bible and still go to hell. It's no guarantee. You can read the Bible yourself to you, to you go cover to cover. There are men bigger than you read several times, 12 times, and they're still lost. You will never get faith by reading the Bible. You've got to hear it. You gotta hear the word of faith. Faith come by preaching. Amen. People get unbelief by reading, but faith come by hearing. It's when you read you get unbelief. It's when you read you get what ideas. But when you're gonna preach, revelation come and God bring divine illumination and God show you amen the word of God and show you what you can't read for yourself because it's hidden from the wise and the prudent. But God revealed it by preaching. But the Bible said the preaching was not prophet some because not mixed by faith. Let me tell you folks, <laughs> I've been reading TV all the time. Guys who read the Bible in Greek and Hebrew and Latin. More than you'll ever read it. And the more they read it, it's the more lies they come up with. The more false doctrine they come up with. 
What makes you think you're going to sit in the room and read the Bible and come with a revelation? You won't get none, my friend. If Paul couldn't get it by himself, what makes you think you can? Paul said, I know this thing inside out. I can tell you the laws of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, but still God said, you don't know anything. Go see Ananias. He's got the message. And when he talked to you, honey, he will show you how to be saved. You can't read your way saved. I'm going to tell somebody, and the Bible said, God said to Ahab, if you want to be successful, listen to Micah. He's got the word. Unfortunately, he did not believe. He did not believe. Hallelujah. I say he did not believe. And by the way, he's got some other preachers on the side. Say something to you, friend. There are many, many voices out there to deceive you. Beware of false prophets. They come as angels of what? Light. They may show you the green light when they should have shown you the red light. They may give you the access when they should have stopped you. That preacher don't care for your soul. He's lying to you. Read better God got away the red, red flag. So stop. Look. Listen. Turn around. You're going the wrong way. 850 false prophets who don't even believe the message. Don't even believe in the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. It's giving advice to a man that should be hearkening to the voice of Micah. He said, look, I got 850 guys that told me different from the way you preach. And they got to be right because they're more of them. Honey, majority don't mean you're right. And few don't mean you're inferior, my friend. You got to have faith preached to you. Micah had the message. But Ahab did not believe. Unbelief caused him to die with the dogs licking his blood in Jezreel. I want to tell you folks, there's always somebody who will prophesy to you smooth things. Who will tell you what you want to hear. There are Bibles that will okay homosexuality. There is Bible that will okay any way lead to heaven. Just come by the way of Abraham, they tell me. All road lead to heaven. You believe that nonsense? Amen. Doesn't matter which Bible you read. Doesn't matter how many times you go to church. God said you rob me in tithing offering. Some God said you don't need it today. What does he know? Is he better than the scripture? Come on, somebody. I'm telling my friend, you got to make up your mind who you're running with. Uh, amen. I said, Paul and Silas was in jail. <laughs> Hallelujah. I like what took place. Like somebody said, if you're going to be connected and be yoked up, hooked up with a praiser and a worshiper. Saul. Hallelujah. Who became Paul. Amen. At midnight, he and Silas began to sing praises and worship God. You ought to hook up with some people that have faith and follow their faith and follow their worship. I don't know who you're connecting with, my friend, but I want to break the connection. You are hooked up with unbelievers and they're not going to help you because the unbelievers and the fearful are the first one in hell. 
branch of the church, the Godhead. Some folks say it doesn't matter how many gods there are. I say it does. God said there's one. Some don't believe it. <laughs> I believe Jesus Christ. What I said about him. I don't need to study it. I said, believe it. He said I'm the first, not the last. I don't question that. I believe it. I receive it. Because those who tell me no, he can't be. He's first, second, third, and fourth person. I don't accept that. Those are unbelievers. Hello. There's another gospel out there. That other gospel can deceive you. I want to tell you, my friend, whatsoever is not of faith, it is sin. Amen. And they could not enter in because of unbelief. What is unbelief? Well, I don't think so. I've got my opinion. I got my other way of thinking about it. It cannot be that way. After all, other men says. Hello, church. It bugs me to hear these guys on, on radio and all this news media giving advice about the Bible they know nothing about. And the world believes them. And their background is we don't even believe in creation. We don't even believe in the virgin birth. Do you know it's impossible to please God without faith? Without faith, you can't please God. Saints of God, I'm going to tell you here, God cannot do anything for you if you don't untie Him. He do not many mighty works because of their unbelief. Your unbelief ties up God's hand. And God can't do a thing unless you believe. I was thinking about the woman and the barrel. Amen. The prophet came by and gave her a word. It's what was saved her. It was her faith in what he said. Her faith gave her obedience. And the obedience bring forth the fruit. And she profited from the preaching and the prophecy of the word of God. I want to tell you, every disobedience is linked with unbelief. Adam didn't believe. Eve didn't believe. And Lot's wife didn't believe. Run! Don't look back. Well, a real sin shows up. You can't have it for long. She's on her journey. And Jesus says, remember Lot's wife. She did not believe. When God says, I'll pour my spirit on you, you have no other information to tell you he won't. When God tells you your sins are forgiven, you have no business to say, God, my sins are not forgiven. When God tells you your sins are remitted, you have no argument against it. You just believe it and receive it. When God said, I am the way and there is no other way, you just receive it and get on the king's highway and enter into his rest. But they said, no, I don't believe it. And God said, without faith, it is impossible. Hello. When I was getting the Holy Ghost, I remember I tried for days. And to be honest, really, I wasn't really trying. I was still smoking. The church didn't know, but I knew it. And I did tell the preacher, I said, I, I'm just not living right. I, I'm having a problem at, at school. I'm, I'm smoking. I prayed I still smoke. I can't quit. 
So I pray that the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. Church, be careful how you fly in the face of God and try to tell him how to treat somebody. You don't know what he has done to them before. And you don't know the number of times he's been merciful to them. You must stay out of it and allow God to be God. Praise God. And I'll never forget that night in church. I thought this is my last night to go to church. I lost all faith and confidence that I could get the Holy Ghost. But I know the Bible says it's given to them that obeys. You guys don't know that? The Holy Ghost is given to them that obeys Him. Was I obeying Him? No! I'll do my own thing. <laughs> Try to get God in my terms. And God said, Not so! You got saved on my grounds! Or stay out of my rest. Praise God. And so I decided, Okay, God, I can't do it. I'm going to quit. This is my last night in church. And by the way, outside the church door, I had my cigarette package on a tree to pick it back when I go outside. <laughs> I planned up a rendezvous with my cigarettes. <laughs> Hallelujah. And to make matters worse, backsides are calling me hypocrite. I'm not a hypocrite. I'm struggling. I'm trying to live for God, but can't do it. I'm messing up. Hallelujah. But I remember the man of God have a special, so I made a special services. We had a special service. And the evangelist came to the pulpit. And he opened the Bible. And by the Holy Ghost, he shut that Bible. And I said, Church, this is not business as usual tonight. He said, There's somebody in this service bound by the devil. And they can be free. And they want to be free. And we got to pray tonight until that person is free. Now, he doesn't know me, and I don't know him. Though the pastor knows me, and he didn't talk to him about me at all, because he knows I come to the church. But he closed his Bible and said, Church, let's stand. And while they stood, they walked down that pulpit, came right down to where I was. Hallelujah. And lay hands on my head. And I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. I thought I'm all shut down on my high. I'm going to pray and call upon God. And I hear a word says, Now you are free. And I thought, No, I'm, I've tried before. It doesn't work. I've tried and nothing happened. And I hear a voice in me says, What have you got to lose? Try one more time. Let try your faith everything. When you try everything and everything fails, try faith. Faith won't let you down. Faith will bring you up. Faith will turn you around. And I'm going to cry out, Jesus. He said, raise your hand. So I raised my hand. He said, Jesus. I'm going to say, Jesus. And my lips start moving. And my hands start flopping. And start talking in tongues. Honey, you couldn't get me down it. I know that day I got the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I didn't need no lightning to flash and thunder to roar. I got what the Bible says. With stammering lips and other tongues, I will speak to this people. And I know I was talking in a language I've never learned. Then the devil came and says, You have not the Holy Ghost. I say, You shut up, Satan. First, you told me I couldn't get him. And I got him said, I don't have him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wasn't going to let him rob me of my rest. I was going to enter 
in the rest of God. Let's worship God. That night, I profit from preaching. Hallelujah. I did not allow my unbelief to hijack what God had in store for me. I was determined. I said, God, I'm going to enter into your rest. I will not be broken off like Israel. I want to be grafted in by faith. I want to ask this church right now, would you stand? Would you believe God that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above? I was telling my wife how when I was growing up in the Lord, some things God told me, I see it come to pass in my life. Amen. It's no prophet come and talk to me when I hear preaching. Hallelujah. The preaching of the word of God. In fact, I was last week in, in, in New York and a man of God came preaching and he was preaching word. I was jumping. I was shouting. I forgot I came to preach to them also. I was licking up the word of God and I believe everything he said. He didn't know me but the word of God knew me. God knew where I was and God knew I said, honey, God brought me here to talk to me because nobody at church is able to talk to me. And so God brought a stranger and gave me a word. I believe the word of God. Hallelujah. The Bible says Elisha came and made a prophecy in a time of famine and barrenness and the king was disturbed and the man of God said tomorrow about this time there's going to be a great bounty of blessing and somebody said no I don't believe it it won't happen and maybe if God opened rooms of heaven made this happen and God said you're going to see it and not taste it church I want to see it and taste it I will not let ten men stop me from entering the promised land I will not let some unbeliever prevent me from entering so I said well you can't if you got to make Murray that's a lie God told me a long time ago sin is not geographical nor is he hallelujah there is no place I can be where God can bless me hallelujah but if I keep his commandment hallelujah I tell you I don't have many friends and my friends are not many I don't care about that either but I want a friend you know, I like Wayne Huntley. You know, I like Wayne Huntley. I know what he believes. Hallelujah. I know what he believes. Praise God. I want somebody to believe. Church, get your eyes off Lot. Lot is prosperous for a while. Let Lot go down to Sodom. Let Lot live among the Sodomites. Get all the money he can in the bank account. Own all the property he wants to. Have all the cars he wants to. But he's not blessed. He's going to end up as a caveman. Hallelujah. You know, I'm a preacher. And I see false churches build edifices. I mean, thousands showed up without any effort. I could pray all week, all night. Nobody showed up. But they just snap their finger and people drive down, fly down, sail down, come down and listen to them. And they don't say much. And the people shouted. God said, just a minute. That's not the end. You wait until the end. Honey, Joseph may look like he's in bad shape, but you hang around. He will wear the wedding gown. He will wear the crown. I'm trying to tell somebody, church, faith can move mountains. <coughs> Some of you, the devil, has robbed you of promises. God made you promises 
and your situation rob you of your promises. Amen. God told you, I'm going to do this in your life. And you allow circumstance to diminish your belief. It's time, amen, to believe God in spite of the situation. It's time to turn your faith on. Faith can move mountains, mountains of doubt. God, send me to bless me in Fort McMurray. I still believe there's a blessing to come. I still believe there's victory to be won. I still believe the race to overcome. I believe God. Report is right. Tell someone inside you, you can't make me doubt it. I don't care how many cars you got, I'm still blessed. More than you. Come on, tell me beside you. I'm blessed a whole lot more than you. I don't care how much in your wallet. <laughs> I don't care what's in your sack. God said, I'm going to bless you. Oh, hallelujah. The cancer of the church is unbelief. Pastor Neil, don't you know most churches in Mary got three services on Sunday morning? You can hardly have one. Don't worry about it. Elijah was not moved from his faith. 850 prophets to help build a false altar and he was the only man around to build an altar nobody helped him building that thing nobody helping him put that stone 12 times he had to pick up that old rock by himself hallelujah but he knew I got the message they got the mob but I got the message and when he did it all, I have no idea how long it took him. But he stepped back. After putting all those stones there by himself. And after he put all those sacrifices all by himself, he stepped back. Lifted his hand towards heaven. Everybody's watching him. Church, my day will come. Put on your calendar. My day will come. Bring your wish you hang around with me. The day will come when you wish you were a part of what we're doing. The day will come when you think you're, you wish you were blessed with Abraham. Lot, you die a caveman. But Abraham ended up in the palace and become the bosom of Almighty God. He stepped back and said, God, let these people know they lost faith in God that you are the true God. Send the fire. Sixty-four words. There are sixty seconds in one minute. Sixty minutes, one hour. I believe in one minute he accomplished what they could not all day. Church, don't let that cancer get in this church.
going to come a day God told me ready on that great judgment day he said people in Mount Mary are going to hate themselves these are the words God told me they're going to say to themselves and to think of it I despise visiting that church and to think I would not be a part of that church oh I hate myself I could have been a part of that I drove past it I talk about it I could have been a part of it they lied to me they told me it was a cult they told me it was a Jesus only and I fell for it and I could have been there but I hooked up with the wrong people so God told me I'm saying I'm not going to wish they had hooked up with this because someone's going to ask then Lord who then can be saved if we're not saved he said come let me show you the lamb's wife the people you bow your head right now church you have no idea how that cancer is eating up a lot of people there's a falling away unbelief have set in they were broken off because of unbelief they are falling because of unbelief you don't want that cancer to get into your life I don't know what God promised you personally outside of what the apostles told you but some of you have forgotten the promises and like Esau selling out your birthright cheap for a bowl of soup a little moment of weakness you're selling out cheap I remember at the plant when they used to isolate me and promote sinful boys that say terrible things in my presence I was always the outside kid never fit in the program and I as a human being I felt it I knew they were unjust then God spoke to me and said see that office I don't want you there you see that chair I don't want you in there I want you to look at it real good that's not where you belong he said I'll be your reward I brought you here only for a moment to meet certain needs of my church that's why I brought you here I gave her this job so he can bless my church because I was the only one paying the bills. That's why I put you here to raise enough to pay my bills and take care of my church. I put you there to be a part acre of my kingdom. And so when I'm ready, I'm going to move you out of there. I'll never forget the day when God said, move out now. He said, I finally got what I wanted. And I said, God, are you sure? He said, get out of here. And if you don't move, I'll make sure you want. I'll give you a reason to move fast. Hallelujah. They said, don't leave. I said, I got to leave. I said, God told me I got to leave. So I packed my bag on me. They said, oh, you can't leave. I said, no, my time is up. They said, you can't survive. I said, you got it all wrong. I was surviving before I came here. I said, God placed me here. Not to be connected to you guys, but to do the will of God. And now he says, time to get out. I got better jobs for you. I want you go to places for you. 
you can't go places as long as you stay here. And I want you to go places for me. But you can't do it while you get out of here. Church, I'm alive. Many of those guys are in their grave. I'm alive still. I'm healthy. I'm not broke. I'm not in the red. I've never baked bread one time. This church has never been in debt any time. In spite of all that we go through, God always brought something to make it happen. Because this church is a church of faith. We operate in faith. It doesn't matter who don't like what we preach. It doesn't matter who don't pay their tithe. It doesn't matter who don't support the church. We survive. Why? We're built on faith. And that cancer is not in me. Is there somebody today, God talking to you, who's eating up your faith in your God? Who's eating up your faith in your God? Lot end up as a caveman. How could a rich man end up like a caveman? I think of the oil price today from $300 to 60 going down to 50 or 20 You know how many people lost money? A whole lot. No, we're busy giving to the cause. We're giving to another cause. We lost nothing. We're gaining everything. Is there somebody? Hallelujah. Who's God talking to right now? The devil told you, Don't give him that meal. He's lying. Hey guys, hang on, hang on. You know, while I was praying today, it crossed my mind. After, after, after Elijah left the house, the barrel stopped flowing. The barrel stopped flowing. No more came. After the prophet left, the oil stopped coming. I'm going to tell you, my friend, God brought you to your house because you want faith to operate. And as long as the man of God is in your house, the meal won't run out. <laughs> Come on, touch God right now. God is at your house. Let faith in. Let faith in your house. Let faith come in. Don't lean upon the arms of the flesh. Give it all to Jesus. <laughs>